What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 74, a Monday rundown, truly on a Monday this time. So and I jumped right in. We talked about the Lakers and the Celtics in the NBA as they continue to just explode and free fall. After that, I had to talk Sean off the ledge about his Brooklyn Nets a little bit. Following that, we talked about the college basketball landscape going down each and every conference that we find important. Following that, we did the MLB. We talked about Bryce Harper and his press conference, a little Mike Trout, and then we talked about the local teams, Yankees and Mets. Finally, we got into the NFL. We talked about the Foles going to the Jaguars, some of the franchise tags that happened, and then we talked combines. So check out the website, sorrysports.com. We're going to be doing some updates. If you ever want to write an article for us, we'll take a look at it, sorrysports at yahoo.com. Obviously, follow us on Twitter at sorrysports and follow us on Instagram, sorry underscore sports. Enjoy the pod. gentlemen welcome back to sorry to interrupt it's our monday rundown we're here with you first monday of march and there's a lot to get to man what's going on tom hey man how are you we're little, doing well bro. a little we're sooner d- than last time yeah no we're, we're back actually back, back on we're actually back on a schedule it feels kind of good it does i like it all some right improvements will be made to the website very soon. yeah there's a some, little bit already th- there's so. some exciting stuff going on with yeah. uh with the sorry sports uh, umbrella right it. now so. i know we've been talking about it for months but you know what I have another job. We kind job. of work. Aside from CEO, I have another job. So get off my back, everybody. But if anybody <laughs> does want to write an interesting article, just shoot an email to us at uh, sorrysports@yahoo.com, and we'll edit it. And if we think it's good enough to go up on our site, we'll put it up. We're not gonna. Yeah, not gonna I mean, honestly, nice like there's anybody, there's so much but... to talk about. I know there's a lot of people that have. And know, I don't their, give a shit what their it's passions about. with their teams or their sports or whatever the fuck it is. You but... want to write about soccer? And I think it's a great article, and Sean agrees with me. We'll throw it up there. If you want to write about fucking music, I mean, it's a pop culture section too. We'll throw that up it's there. About but it's about improving the brand, my man. Expanding it's, everything. It's all about good content, period. So if it sucks, I'm going to tell you maybe you should re-edit this, to be honest. Just to be straight up. Because the CEO has to uh, has to let his power known. It, well, no, not just that. I, I just don't want to make us look like assholes, Sean. I think we're pretty decent at this, or else I wouldn't be doing it with you, and I would have already fired you and replaced you. You're such a clown. You couldn't so, do this without me, and you so fucking why, know that let's shit. Let's talk some sports. Yeah, I've been waiting for it. All right, as you went on your little ramble right there. All right, here's the deal. We're starting in the association because even though we just talked to you guys four nights ago, this Lakers and Celtics situation is fucking atrocious. And I'm actually loving every second of it on both ends because the Lakers lose to the fucking Phoenix Suns. LeBron's on the first bus out, not with the team. First time he's ever done that. And then you have Kyrie saying, being caught on camera after the loss of the Rockets yesterday, saying, I can't wait for her to be fucking out of here. So, whoa, I didn't it, even that's, know that. Yeah, or it was like, I can't wait for this shit to be over, not deal with this shit anymore, or something along those lines. Either way, certainly cryptic, but everything Kyrie says is cryptic. So, let's talk about these two teams. These two teams that the hallmark of the NBA are kind of doppelgangers of each other yet again, just this time, as far as. You know, being train wrecks because let's be honest, the Celtics were poised to come out of the East this year. 
you kept saying and have been on the record of saying they're going to get it together. And I've been off their bandwagon now for a while, dude. They're just not that good to me. And it starts with Kyrie Irving. He's a head case. He's whether he's all there mentally or not. I don't know. There's certainly plenty of time that shows he's not. Listen, he brings his A game on the court. He's a phenomenal player, but there's just basketball is a very synergistic sport. I mean, there has to be there's a reason why, you know, these super teams that come together don't click initially. You know, you have you you have your little rough starts and your rough patches as the season goes on because you're trying to figure out the chemistry of a team. I'll talk about my Nets later and what they're experiencing with that right now too, but it doesn't get more high profile than what's been going on in Boston and this has just been a terrible year. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's driven by Kyrie, in my opinion. Don't you agree? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Thanks for the shot at me telling me I was wrong. I know I was wrong about the Lakers, too. I appreciate <laughs> that, and I'll admit when I'm wrong. You're very welcome. Just too much talent on this team to be doing this. Um, my basketball dad, I'm really disappointed, Brad Stevens. I, I don't know what's going on. Really, I mean... Just if you look at it on paper and you look at it off pure talent, this team is I think it's I think it's the toxicity of of Kyrie Irving, bro. He he's like he's such a head case and I think the rest of the team just can't fucking stand him. I don't know when things it's like when things are going well with him, it's amazing, but things don't things haven't gone well with him since the beginning you of the season. You know what their record is in games that he's played in the last 7 games? What is it? 0 oh and 7. You know what their record is in their last six games when he's not when he's not playing? Six and zero. Yeah. I don't know. That's a small sample size. It is, it? but it's very glaring. It's not like it's four and three or you know. It is very four glaring. and two. Yeah, no, you can't deny that at all. I don't know, man. It scares the shit out of me just because he's probably going to be a Nick next year. Yeah. So that's my question to you. So. He demands the trade from Cleveland because he can't stand to play with LeBron and he wants his team and he wants to be the guy. His first year in Boston puts up MVP kind of numbers until he gets hurt. The team advances to the Eastern Conference Final, hosts Game 7 at home to LeBron's Cavaliers. Without him. Without him, and he's not even in the arena in Game 7. He comes back. He's you know at the pep rally beginning of the season saying, hey, if y'all have me back, I can't wait to be back. And I was always of subscribing to the thought that I don't think Danny Ainge was going to give him the max just because that's not what Danny Ainge does. He likes to find these diamonds in the rough like a Terry Rozier and build more of a team around him. But now it seems like this isn't even going to be a decision Danny Ainge has to make. Kyrie's out, in my opinion. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And even though he's all over the place with his one minute he wants to stay, one minute he's gone, one minute this, one minute that... I think it's very obvious. He does not want to be here. Yeah, and and if you look at it from Kyrie's perspective, I mean, most of these guys like a Jimmy Butler or some of these other big-time players, Anthony Davis, they want to go in the best situation to get a ring. Kyrie, he's already got a ring. He's already sealed his legacy. But not as the guy. And that was his whole point of wanting to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look deeper into it because it's like how much of this is Kyrie knowing that that Ainge won't give him the max. And you oh, know I don't, he's a max I player. Don't, I don't think it's that because I still think a major appeal is the uh, to Anthony Davis being traded there is Kyrie Irving being a Boston Celtic. I think that it was just purely my speculation, knowing how Danny Ainge is, that he wouldn't offer, that he wouldn't give him the max. But I think that it is entirely possible that he would, and I would probably bet that he would. I just could see it not happening. But now... 
I don't think he's going to be even given that opportunity. I think he's just like, listen, he doesn't like Boston. Uh, one thing people forget about this whole situation, remember when he came up with his list of teams he wanted to be traded to? The Celtics were not on that list. So Well, till he found out the Celtics were an option, and then he jumped at it. Well, because that was a team that had a good young nucleus, and he thought that he could do what he wanted to do, which was be the guy, because he was never going to be that in Cleveland with LeBron James on that team. But now... I think he's realizing, like, I don't really love playing in Boston. It doesn't seem like that's a match. Like, Kyrie's a New York kid, Jersey originally, but a New York guy. And he doesn't seem like he really meshes in Boston. Boston, those Boston fans love those, like, hard nose. They loved Isaiah Thomas. They love Terry Rozier. They're kind of emblematic of their how they believe and perceive their city to be. Kyrie Irving's not really that. And I just feel like, I mean, obviously they love him for putting up the numbers that he does and, and making them really relevant. But I don't think from a personality standpoint, there's a match there. I don't know, man. I think it's more of a media thing. And I mean, if you don't like the media, you probably oh, that, shouldn't and, come to New York. And that's such a fucking narrative. I hate that narrative, dude. These NBA players need to stop blaming I know, the media I agree for everything. You, but- when you say that the earth is flat, people are going to talk about it because it's idiotic. No, I agree with you on that front, but from my perspective, I mean, I already said it last week. I'd rather D'Angelo Russell than him. I know, and that's the crazy thing. And is that, you mentioned the reason, okay, he doesn't have the recurring knee issues. He's 22, not 26. Is it the personality too? Because we're seeing a lot of bad Kyrie Irving Obviously, the knee and the age far outweighs the personality to me because I think in the right situation, he can be electric and and the best player on a championship team. But, yeah, I mean, it's steering me towards D'Angelo Russell. I can't lie to you and say it's not a factor that he's acting this way And, and in what could be almost a perfect situation with all the talent that's around him. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, he's so caught up in having to use the media as his voice box to portray, oh, I want to be a leader. I don't want to be a leader. I Al can't Horford's be a, leader. a leader. Yeah, Al Horford's the captain of that team, and everybody knows it, which is why I think when Kyrie's trying so hard to be a leader, that's just not in his nature. I think that's what he wanted when he left Cleveland, but he's found out that's not what he is. He's well, not he a also, vocal leader. Well, the thing is, is he's not doing it the right way. I mean, you don't go out and say, all oh, these young guys, this, that, and the third in the media. They're like, fuck you. What, like, why are you going yeah, outside the Yeah, and we got locker? to game seven at you know, home without you. You know who we learned it from. Yeah, of course. So now let's use that segue. Very well done, Mr. CEO. And head over across to the West Coast in uh, Tinseltown. Where the fucking Lakers, dude. This is at hilariously least, The bad. one thing you can say is, at least the Celtics will make the playoffs. Yes, they will. You cannot say that at all about the Los Angeles Lakers. And to lose to the Phoenix Suns, who are trying to lose basketball games. Yeah, they have Devin Booker. Yeah, they have DeAndre Ayton, who's had a really good rookie year. And they have some other pieces. They play hard, but they suck. And they beat the Lakers convincingly. And all you see, like, I really feel like I don't know whether it's just the era we're in of this player power movement where you see Jimmy Butler, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs at everybody in practice when he was still a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You see Kyrie kind of doing his thing, distancing himself on the bench from his teammates. This has been the worst look on LeBron, in my opinion, in his entire career because he was supposed to be the guy that went out there and made them great. Now, I think he expected them to have a better 
you know, supporting cast, at least at some point into the season. And if Anthony Davis got dealt there, we could be having a different discussion right now, but his team there knows that they, that he doesn't want them there, which being the reason he doesn't want them there is because he doesn't believe in their talent. And he didn't get Anthony Davis, which is the first time LeBron didn't get his way in his career. And just watching him on the court, his body language is fucking awful. It's like he he wants nothing to do with the guys on this team. And you're talking about leaders, and I, I've never been a LeBron James fan on the court because of how demonstrative he is and how negative he can be and them screaming at the refs for no reason, even though he gets every call in the world. Big picture aside, I'm a huge LeBron fan. But just, you know, utilizing this argument, this is the worst he's ever looked. I mean, the Lakers, as if you look at it from the top down, from Genie Bus, who's the owner, all the way down, it's a joke. I mean, Genie Bus goes on and does a couple of interviews at the Sloan Conference out in um, Boston, and she says that trading all the players was fake news. Jesus. Like, Maybe not a big fan of that term either. No, well, that's that's a stupid term, but nonetheless, it, basically, when you say fake news, you're saying that that's all a lie. But then Magic Johnson gets quoted saying that uh, it's you got to be big boys. This is a business and all this shit. And, and same thing with um, Rob Palenka. I mean, so Magic's basically saying, yeah, they got to get over it. And then Jeannie Buss is saying, no, it's a complete lie. What what the fuck? Like you can't be saying that kind of shit in the media. You guys got to be on the same page, and then it trickles down to the team. Would you want to play for the Lakers right now when you no. don't know if you're going to get traded somewhere else? I mean, it's just an absolute joke. And I think LeBron really didn't know what he was getting himself into, and they are a terribly run franchise since the owner, um, what's his face, Bus, the old the the Jerry Bus, Jerry Bus, Doctor Jerry Bus passed right. away. It's been a complete joke between the Kobe extension just showing, oh, that was their free agency ploy saying, oh, we take care of our guys. So you throw a boatload of money at a broken down Kobe Bryant, who I love. Yeah, and that's a tough situation because you see in sports. But then going forward, ever since the decisions have been made, Timothy Mosgolf, they give a deal to. LeBron's got to, I mean, I understand that Mitch Kupchak isn't there anymore. He's in New Orleans. Can't believe he got another job. But the people that are running the show, Jeannie Buss, everyone, it's just an absolute joke. Well, it went downhill when they tried that Steve Nash, Dwight Howard experiment with Kobe. And that yeah, just, that as well. That was that's, really honestly, the beginning that's of the end. that's probably when it started. And you can try and justify that because we didn't know how bad Dwight Howard's back was. And we didn't know also how broken down Steve Nash was. And also kind of how much of an asshole Kobe was. Believe it or not, we didn't even know it at that point. We should. <laughs> Well, that's because he was number 24 at that time, and number 24 is an undisputed champion and winning player. He's number a black mama. Eight, number eight was the rapist. Okay. We're going to go there. Okay. Um, Just letting you know. Yeah, that that is very true. But, I mean, it's been a joke ever since then, and I don't know how LeBron didn't pay attention to this and his team, but, I mean, listen, the Lakers, they have the name, they have the legacy. You can go up and down the Hall of Famers and the championships that they have, but that is not the 2000 and what 11 through the 2018 Lakers they're the fucking they're the Wizards they're, they're yeah they're they're a very poorly run franchise. they're the Suns they're it's a joke yeah and and the and this further shows that LeBron's decision to go to the Lakers was not purely based on basketball this was you know his building his businesses he's now doing the shop he's producing another show that's going to be on Fox or ABC I believe I saw that yeah and then uh 
obviously he's got Space Jam 2 that he's starring in. And he's just, you know, this is where he wants to be. He has the two houses in Brentwood. He didn't want to... He didn't want to be in Cleveland anymore, and he was ready to go start his next chapter in his basketball life, which was, if winning happens, that's great. But if they lose, you know, people aren't going to necessarily blame him because, again, he's he has to his advantage, if you want to look at it this way, it's an advantage because people are going to say, look at that supporting cast. It's horrible. He has no business even being in contention for a playoff spot. But then again... You know, it's a disadvantage because, yeah, look how bad it is. He's nowhere close to a playoff spot. Obviously, we've also seen this is his first signs of decline because he can't will them. And even though he said he activated his playoff mode and whatever the fuck that means, all all, all I'm seeing is whatever playoff mode that is, you must be referring to 2016 because you can't beat the Phoenix Suns. So... I'm just seeing maybe maybe that groin issue is still a recurring thing, and he's trying to push through it. You raised, I don't know about 2016. He carried. He's been in the finals since what 2011. Yeah, I I was just using that you know because that's not that far away, and and LeBron James of 2016 is not losing to the Phoenix Suns in a game that they have to win. You know that would be like his Cavs teams losing to the Knicks or the Nets in March. You know, it's just it's just not happening. Um, so. That was a really concerning loss. These teams are mirror images of each other, and it seems like they always have been, but now for all the wrong reasons. So I'm going to pose this question to you. We know the Celtics are going to be a playoff team, so I'm not going to ask it that way. But who do you feel better about going forward, the Celtics or the Lakers? Boston Celtics, not even close. The Lakers still have a couple draft picks floating out there that I think they made a couple dumb trades for. Um, as well as the Celtics just have more talent, period. Not to mention all the other teams' draft picks that they have. If the Celtics lose Kyrie Irving in the offseason, they're still going to be a top-five playoff team next year in the Eastern Conference. You would think so. Yeah, the Lakers, absolutely. The Lakers are just going to run it back. What happens if they don't get AD? What happens if they have to settle for DeMarcus Cousins and... Um, Kemba Walker. Well, I think then what are they a six seed? Yeah, and that's the concerning part because to me. I, I, the the Celtics have the talent to make big moves and also get more young guys. They're going to be around for a lot longer. The Lakers have what they have right now, and this could actually get worse. Yeah. So obviously, because of the conference, who are you taking? Well, to be honest, it, it depends on what happens with the Lakers. The Lakers do still have LeBron James. And even though he, to me right now, I'll give him a little bit of a pass and say that he is hurt. I don't think he, he hasn't looked 100% healthy because even in his, when he doesn't like playing defense, I've never seen him take a backseat like this. I mean, he literally doesn't care on defense. And I think that's because he knows his groin isn't 100% and he's not going to push it knowing that he has to be at his best for any free agent to want to go there or for any trade, hypothetically, for Anthony Davis to happen. We see we don't know what's going to happen with the Warriors either, right? So if Kevin Durant leaves and Klay Thompson leaves, maybe to the Lakers, well, now you're looking at a whole new landscape. To me, Boston should matter a lot in the East, but you've got Philly. You've got Toronto. Milwaukee's not going anywhere. So... I don't really know. I mean, Boston, how great, you know, if Al Horford's done, if how good is Marcus Smart going to be? How great is Terry Rozier going to be? 
I don't know if they're going to be any more. They might have a higher seed in the East than LA does in the West, but I don't know if they're going to actually get any further. So I guess just to play devil's advocate with you, I'll say the Lakers are still are in the better spot going forward, but not right now. That's contingent upon them being the Lakers and getting the marquee free agents to want to go play there. Okay, I, that's honestly a wait and see. But, I mean, if you just look at it currently constituted right now, the Celtics have so much more talent, so much more draft equity. That- they do, but the, the concerning thing to me is they have been dreadful, and they should be really like this has been more of a turnoff for me for the long You're right term. they have been dreadful but again i can go back to that stat of six and oh without kyrie irving and if they just run it back next year with terry but Rizier even you said point. it's a very small sample size no you're if, right if about you discard that. him and you don't get anthony davis i don't know how great because is hayward ever going to go back to hayward it really honestly depends on the thing that really hinges on the celtics is if al horford opts out or not yeah uh, I That's agree. huge. No, it is. He holds that team he, together. He, he does. He is the de facto captain. So another team that hasn't seemed to play all that well since they've gotten their guys back is my Brooklyn Nets. They've lost three in a row. They're hosting the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Um, Tip-off is in about 10 minutes. And they had a great win against San Antonio. And then they laid an egg against Washington. Charlotte came in, who's battling them for playoff contention, and got a little bit of revenge on them from a tough loss in Charlotte from the week before. And then the Nets went down to Miami in the second half of back-to-back and just didn't get off the plane. I mean, they were terrible. And and ever since teams have been really keying in on D'Angelo Russell, the Nets defensively and offensively have looked awful. And it's a small sample size, and I think they'll figure it out because I believe in Atkinson. But also this could be a case where you have that too many cooks in the kitchen and to a lesser extent, or a lesser level, rather, this kind of looks like the Celtics. Like, there's too many guys that are back, and there's too many guys that got used to playing starters minutes. You're looking at a Shabazz Napier. You're looking at a Spencer Dinwiddie, even, and a, a Damari Carroll, and now they're playing a couple minutes, same with Rodion's Kurucs, because Karis LeVert's back, and he needs to find his he needs to find his range, and he needs to get comfortable again, which he hasn't looked. Now Dinwiddie's back. And he's been really shaky in the two games he's played in. And it just doesn't look like there's any idea of who's finding what spots on the floor. Lots of turnovers, which means that they're not in sync to me. And I am worried now because this is a team that it's not just that they've lost these three games in a row. They've lost bad. And two of those teams are nowhere near the postseason in Washington and Miami. Yeah, man, I I definitely wouldn't compare them to the Celtics when it comes to talent because I agree with you. These guys got used to playing big minutes like Kurox and Damari Carroll and um, Shabazz Napier, but Damari Carroll's been on four teams. Kurox was a second-round draft pick. Shabazz Napier's been on like four or five teams. These guys should, by now, aside from Kurox, should know their role, and they should know that when they need to step up, they can, but... I think Atkinson has to do a better job of knowing their role. And I think they're just integrating Dinwiddie as well as, um, who was the other, oh, Levert, yeah. back into the lineup. I, I'm going to talk you off the ledge here like you do me. A couple more practices and a couple more weeks when Levert gets his feet back under him and Dinwiddie gets his hands back under him or yeah. whatever he hurt, they'll be just yeah, fine. Thumb, because yeah. those guys are bench players. They've been, I mean, Carroll was great in Atlanta, but he was basically a bench player in Toronto. He knows that he's not what he was back then. Shabazz Napier has never been a successful starter in the NBA, nor will I, nor do I think him playing huge minutes like that he will ever be. 
And this team, with everybody back, I think Atkinson just needs a little bit of time to figure out the rotation. That's all. Yeah, and I, I do... I th- They're not the Celtics where Terry Rozier brings you to a game seven. No, but what he's I... he's playing 18 minutes a game no, next but, year, and he's like, what the fuck? No, but think about it this way, right? So the reason I said light is obviously it's not a direct parallel, but part of the reason why it seems like the Celtics really were struggling was because they had guys who were now used to being playing in those big moments now that were not because of either injuries... No, I agree with stuff you, like that. but... Because, like I said, think the, about this though, right? So, so Karis Levert heading into the season was this star of this team, and he was the one taking all the shots in big moments and down the stretch. And then he gets hurt, and then the Nets fall off a cliff, and then out of nowhere, D'Angelo Russell becomes an all star. And now he's used to getting the ball in the big moments, and he's sharing the spotlight with Dinwiddie, and then Dinwiddie gets hurt. And it's even more D'Angelo Russell and Joe Harris and Damari Carroll making big shots. Damari Carroll made that three to um, to put them back into the that game against Cleveland to force the third overtime. And honestly, that's a shot that he wouldn't be having <laughs> if if he wasn't playing in those moments. And you feel I, good about a veteran taking listen, those shots. I hear you, but again. He he put up a big shot against Cleveland. It wasn't no, but that was, was a game they were going to lose. I I agree with you, but they're not in Game Seven of the Finals here, and they also these players weren't hurt Listen, for an it's entire a good, year. It's like a Kyrie good problem Irving. to have. It is, but again, this just comes to good coaching, and Kenny Atkinson will take care of it. You just have to sit down and talk to these guys and say you're not going to be playing as many minutes, but you got to be ready. Yeah, these guys are veterans, and they will take care of it. But then the young Levert, kids who got used to playing more Levert, minutes are now sitting on the bench. Who, Kurox? Yeah, he Levert, was... Levert's just going to have to get used to sharing the ball with D'Angelo Russell. He just saw him ascend to being an all-star. And the guy, honestly, Levert doesn't seem like a very outroverted guy. He doesn't seem like a guy that's all about him. He'll figure it out. No, he's, he's not used to being a star. He was a star for three minutes. Yeah, the benefit that they do have is that they play in the East. They have a two-and-a-half game cushion on the, the eight seeds. No, I'm just saying that the only, the only comparison I'm making is that the Celtics were this juggernaut as far as coming back this year with having all of these guys. And it just seems like I they've struggled you, finding that chemistry. Jamari and all Carroll, I'm saying is Jamari that Carroll is not Gordon Hayward. No, but is not. no, I'm not comparing them as players. I'm just saying that now they have everybody healthy and it's up to Atkinson to find the lineups and the matchups that work. And then it's up to the players to find the spacing on the floor and find that chemistry on the court with each other and in different lineups. Because all I'm saying is this: give it a little bit of time. Because every team that is decent goes through this. Every team that's going to make the yeah, playoffs has. But a you can't say that talent. I'm not justified in feeling a little concerned after but getting blown out by Washington and Miami. No, I would I would agree with you. The concern is definitely there, but it's just going through these growing pains of the season and going through the growing pains of Atkinson as a coach which is different than Brad Stevens, who's brought his team to what? Back-to-back conference finals. That team has an issue. That team has literally too many cooks in the kitchen. And we have been warning people about this all year. The Nets, they just need to figure out their rotation because they haven't had their full rotation all year. And Shabazz, maybe he got into a rhythm. But again, he's been in the league for six years now. He'll go back to on the bench and he'll come in in spurts. He just needs a couple, little bit of time no, to figure I, it out. Yeah. That's different than Terry Rozier, who, since he came out of the leagues and in Louisville, thought he was going to be a starter. And scary Terry last year, <laughs> bringing the Celtics to the conference finals. And this guy truly believes that he should be starting 
over Isaiah Thomas. I can tell you that. Over or, Kyrie oh, excuse Irving. Excuse me, whatever, yeah. names, you know that. Over <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Same there. A couple years off. Shabazz Napier, if you gave him truth serum, does not think he should be starting over D'Angelo Russell. No, it's not. It's that now he's not even getting Dinwiddie's minutes. Well, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be starting over Dinwiddie, who just got a massive extension. Dude, from you're that. missing my point. I understand I'm not your saying point. that he should be. I'm just saying this is going to be an adjustment because when the Nets got hot and were winning all these games, it was with guys out of the lineup that were used to getting the ball. No, now I, those guys are back, and those other guys have to take a back seat, and it's just about finding that rhythm and exactly. that chemistry. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not comparing him to the Celtics because if you look at the Celtics situation, it's it does doesn't look like at all it's ever going to be resolved this season. The Nets, I promise you, it will get resolved. Well, again, they what does resolved was, mean? Does it mean that... Well, they're not going to go to the NBA Finals, Sean. Exactly. Relax. Exactly. We never thought they were, though. You were happy. You're happy with the six. I'm just you saying, pick them they, as the Well, now they have to make the playoffs. Exactly. All I'm saying and is that will. after a short sample size of getting everybody back, they have looked terrible. Their defense is abominable. And they can't score points, and it seems like guys are forcing shots because it's they're they're trying to get their reps in. And in a crowded bottom half of the Eastern Conference, losses to the Wizards and the Heat can hurt you. That's all I'm saying. And there's a reason to be in a short term a little bit concerned about how they're playing. Let's not compare them to the Boston Celtics, who you've already said are a shit house. It right was now. literally just about the comparison of there being too many guys to share the ball and guys that are that got used to making the big plays now have to take a back seat. I'm not comparing it as far as one's a Hall of Famer and one's, you know, a rookie. Just if you get used to certain points in the season of being the guy and now you're not, it can be an adjustment. So I'm not saying that any of them Kurex is not going to go to Kenny Atkinson and say, I need to start over you know, Karis Levert. It's just not going to happen. But when you are used to getting those minutes and now you're being pushed back and in some cases not even playing in a game. So that's on There's more to think about. There's coaching. Yeah, so exactly. But all I'm doing is just saying that there is a little bit of reason to to be concerned. You got to relax, man. The bottom bottom of the You have to understand something right now. I'm very excited about my Brooklyn Nets, and I have been. I didn't see this coming. So now that they're starting to struggle, I'm getting a little nervous because this team has always sucked. One last sidebar. The the Orlando Magic are back in the eighth spot, and they have a 72% chance of making the playoffs. I picked them as the eighth seed. I'm a genius. So why don't we move on to some NCAA basketball? Um, Do you want to lead off with Zion? I mean, we talk about him every second. Yeah, he hasn't played, so no. Uh, Zion. um, (laughs) None of his shoes have fallen off since. None of his shoes have fallen off since, and he hasn't played. Um, Just a quick rundown from some of the scores from this past week. We talked to you guys on Thursday, so a lot of last week's games had already been played. We were getting previewed for the weekend. North Carolina, geez, they survived a scare at Clemson. But you know what? That happens. North Carolina's been playing really, really well. They destroyed Duke at Cameron in that Zion game. And they were feeling themselves a little bit. And I think that Clemson just, you know, being done with their season, essentially, just decided that they were going to get up for that game. It's a home court game on a Saturday afternoon. A win's a win. They wanted to win that game, but North Carolina escaped 81-79. Over to the Big Ten. Oh, I believe that we had given Michigan State and Tom Izzo credit just to see them lose to Indiana on a last shot and unranked. get swept by Nor- by Indiana for the season. As of March 3rd, really bad right now. Guess where they are in the top 25? They're 10th, right? Number 9. Okay. They yeah. moved up. 
Jeez, that, that's they were crazy. 10, I believe. How did they move up? I, I don't know how that's even possible, but... Somebody tweeted us with an well, answer. Well, we know Kentucky lost because if you look to the SEC, Tennessee dismantled Kentucky, and that was the Tennessee team that I had gotten used to seeing. They are freaking unbelievable when they Tennessee play like Tennessee at that. five, Kentucky at six now, so I think they swap spots. Grant and Schofield, Jesus Christ. That tandem is ridiculous, and I can't wait to see them in March. As far as the Big 12, Kansas got some wins. Texas Tech continued to roll in the Big East. No changing of the guard uh, since we last talked. Houston and Cincinnati are taking, um, continuing to stay on the in the lead in the American. Uh, their regular season matchups are done, so you can look forward to seeing them in the final of the American tournament in two weeks. Now let's look forward to two of the major games that are going to happen this weekend. Uh, as of this week, nothing too noticeable, but excuse me. Duke at North Carolina in Chapel Hill to finish off the regular season next Saturday. I don't know if Zion's playing, but this game is huge. Biggest game of the year. Yeah. I I'd be. I mean, they're going to want to exact revenge on North Carolina, and you can pretty much look forward to them playing each other in the ACC tournament too, but that's going to be a big-time game. And then after two weeks off, Michigan State and Michigan are playing each other, so they had a really key matchup and a, and a great game uh, back in Ann Arbor uh, last Sunday that Michigan state won by seven. And we were like, okay, here comes Izzo. Here comes the, here comes the Spartans. Then they lose to Indiana. So now they get to be at home to face Michigan. Their arch rivals to close off the regular season. That's going to be a great game. So Saturday night, two marquee games, Duke, Carolina, Michigan, Michigan state, I'm going to be looking forward to those. Yeah, that's what you live for as a college basketball fan. This is good stuff. Yeah, right Before man. tournament time, 13 days till Selection Sunday. Oh, dude, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, let's transition now into some Major League Baseball. I don't know if you got a chance to see the Bryce Harper press conference, which was held on the like in the stands on the field of the spring training uh, stadium down there in Clearwater. Well, they had to get him down there. They had to get him down there, but they didn't do it inside. Uh, the whole setup seemed very strange to me. But you're introducing Bryce Harper, generational talent. They had to. It didn't go over too well, for my opinion, with Bryce. And I don't like to read too much into this shit because it, it's it's stupid and it doesn't matter. And I think t- well, he's going to be there, so who cares? Yeah, I, exactly. I think fans make such a big deal over this stuff, but I couldn't help but take away a couple of things. One, he said, I can't wait to bring a title back to D.C. Well, he's only been in Philly for like and three he, days. Right. Give him a break. No, I'm not I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying that's that was not a good – that wasn't a good saying there. That That's not going to win you over really easy. And – it seemed like he went out of his way to talk about how great the Phillies were, as if he was talking himself into, okay, I'm officially a Philadelphia Philly. I'm here. I need to I need to really, really prove myself to this. I don't know fans. why he's going to do that, because this team's going to be good. This team's going to be great. And you know what, too? I've You know this. We've talked about it off the air and maybe once or twice on the air. I just want these fucking players to be honest. Stop, stop you know, color-coding it. I know exactly why you're there. They gave you the most money. They gave you the most years and they gave you the contract that you want. So you want Harper to just be like, yeah, I really wanted to be a Dodger, but no, he threw the I, bag at me. No, nope, so I just want it. him. I just want him to say, listen, it was about getting the biggest contract in baseball and the Phillies did it. Oh, no one's going to say no that. No one's going to say that, but I'd like them to because we're that not idiots. That will never but happen. I know, but I'd like them to because you know what? It's like when Manny Machado said, I, this is the perfect like situation. To I wanted to, to be this. a Padre. I'd like to get paid to do Nobody this Nobody ever wants to be a Padre. 
Just, just like come out and say because like. What is, do the Padre fans You're really? Out of your mind. Do they really? You're believe? out of your fucking mind. I would just like to hear somebody no, be honest. I know it's not going to happen. That's not the point. But it's they they hear us like like we're idiots. They do. I Manny mean, Machado. I've always wanted like, to be a Padre. Sean, I would love not. to get paid for this website. Check out check check out sorrysports.com. New and updated. But but that's your decision. This is what you're doing. That's a stupid parallel. It's nowhere even close to being the same. These guys are making decisions to go to teams. We all know that Machado wanted to be a Yankee. The Yankees had no interest in him. So he goes to the San Diego Padres, where the only reason was because they finally upped their ante to 10 years, $300 million, and no other team was going to give him that. It was about the money. You can't tell me otherwise. You're, not treat, you're treating us like idiots. We know why you're there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would just love to hear one of these guys just be like, yep, I took the most money that was offered to me. and Because who fucking cares? You just said it. He's going to be playing there. They're going to be a great team. He's going to probably win a World Series or two there. They hope more. It's all well and good. I would just love to hear it because the charade, it's like nauseating having to hear these guys talk about why they wanted to be there. It's late. It's early March. If you wanted to be a Philly, you would have been a Philly in the winter meetings. If you wanted to be a Padre, you would have been a Padre in the winter meetings. Your teams didn't want you, so you signed the richest deal. Good for you. All the power to it. Admit it. Don't play us like idiots. All right, Sean, whatever. <laughs> That's never going to happen. But let's move on to a guy who might want to stay where he is, and that is Mike Trout. Talk about a general player. Do you like Mike player. Trout? Generational player, greatest player of all time. <laughs> greatest player of all time. Literally. Argue with me. No, I can't. His you can't. War, his war is ridiculous. What he's done is just absurd. He's the best player ever. He he is. All right. Well, I mean. Ever. He, statistically, he's been awesome. And I know he need, they need to win, but it's not his fault. He is. And you're making it sound like now I have to demean him just because there's been so many other f- fantastic players. But he is. If anybody deserves $400 million, it's Mike Trout. And, and the Angels are talking about giving him 10-year 380. And I think that honestly would be a great investment for them. I think so too. But the only issue is is that they haven't won shit with him. And if you're going to put that much money into a guy... Well, maybe let's get a pitching staff that isn't made up but of that's a washed-up CJ gonna... Wilson and uh, Garrett uh, Garrett Anderson, who literally... No, Gar- you're talking about Garrett Richards. Garrett, Garrett Anderson Richards, was their former right fielder. You're right. But, hey, I know my angels. <laughs> um, but Darren Erstad had a great year last year, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, no, seriously, like... Maybe we should build a team around him. Albert Pujols. I know he had a home but run that's in the, spring training, but the guy can barely run around the bases. No, but that's the tough part, though, is that if you're going to invest $38 million in him, I don't know where else this money's coming from. The other thing, too, is like they're the second team in L.A., and he hasn't made them higher than the Dodgers. Part of it is because they haven't been winning. But also, like, does he want to stay there? That's my question to you. Because well, I guess he's not going to Philly now. Oh, I don't know about that. There's no cap in baseball. If I they guess. have if they have money coming off the books and they want to throw it, Harper even alluded to it. He's like, oh, I know there's a guy in two years that's going to be a free agent, so that's part of why I'm here. So courting him already, which I thought was pretty funny. But no, I, I think that it would be a good investment from the Angels because you can't say we're not going to offer the best player, arguably of all time, at least at this trajectory. A no deal. argument there. But... Also, you haven't won with them, and if you give them even more money, that's going to deplete you from being able to go that out Hicks and deal make. That pretty team friendly, Sean. <laughs> it he really could be is. a Yankee. <laughs> he could be a Yankee. Um, 
so yeah, so moving on down the line, those are some those are some contracts situations, and obviously we got to see Bryce Harper formally introduced with the Philadelphia Phillies. What are you taking out of Yankee camp? I watched some of the game yesterday. It's the first game Guardian action I've got twice. Oh, he, first two yeah. abs. Judge hit two out. They were talking on the broadcast about how he's cut down his swing with two strikes, and it's actually made making him even better because he really wants to be like a two eighty hitter. Makes me love him even more that he's working on his game like that. Both home runs were oppos to right. I got to see uh, Tanaka looked really good in his first appearance of the spring. I like seeing Ottavino trotting out number zero right there. Chapman got ambushed for a home run, but you know he's just getting his work in. It was just fun to watch baseball again, man. And I got to say two other things. Tulowitzki has looked awesome, and it seems like they have a really good plan for him. And I think even though Birds had a great spring, Voigt's just hitting bomb after bomb, and I think it's his job to lose. He looks locked in already. Yeah. And and I think that the Yankees, even though they would love Bird to win the job, I think they also are huge fans of Voight and what he brings to that team. He Voight is just, he's infectious. That that kind of attitude. And Bird, you know, it's not like Bird's a bad guy. He's just kind of that laid back. You know, we've seen him super pumped up, that home run he hit off Miller, uh, where he's fist pumping around the bases. But Voight's just different. He's got that same little Sammy Sosa trot. When, when he when he hits a bomb, I, I whoever wins this job, I think is poised to have a really good year. Yeah, I, because I, they're I playing with, with a fire under their ass, which is good. And then maybe Bird gets traded for actually something. Maybe I mean, there's going to be teams that are that need first baseman. Um, as far as Mets camp, we'll check in with the other local. They keep getting hurt. Uh, they've had a couple injuries. Todd Frazier had an oblique strain. Uh, it's just on down the line with these guys, but. As long as their big names are going to be healthy, we've seen Jed Lowry now go down, who's in doubt of missing opening day. Just That's add tough. it to the just add it to the line. I mean, there's got to be something, dude, in the water. It doesn't matter who the GM is, who the doctors are, who's the G, like it, who's the manager. This just shit. It's almost comical. Yeah, because you can't it's make tough it up. To see. Really tough to see. No, no, nothing from the Degrom camp lately. I'm glad that stayed quiet. Yeah, I hope it stays quiet. There's no reason for the Mets to give him anything. Um, let's segue over to the NFL. The NFL is about to become the biggest sport in sports right now again because after just a couple weeks post Super Bowl, one month now, it's about to be free agent time. The combine just happened, so draft talk is all over the place. And there was a report yesterday from Sports Illustrated, I hope I got that right, was that the Jacksonville Jaguars expect to sign Nick Foles as soon as the new league year starts on the 13th of March. And I've speculated about this move the whole time as soon as I was under the understanding that the Eagles were going to go with Wentz. I, I This makes perfect sense to me. That's a win-now team. They have a lot of good players. They need a quarterback. He's the best one on the free agent market. Yeah, I think it's a perfect fit. I mean, Nick Foles, all you want to do is be a starter. So for him, obviously, this is probably your best opportunity talent-wise with the defense that they have and some of the weapons that they have down there. And for the Jaguars, you just want a semblance of a decent quarterback that can complete the proper throws and, and can throw the ball away when needed, not take sacks, not make stupid interception throws, and just can manage a team. And Nick Foles can definitely do that and a little bit more. So... I think it's the perfect match right now for the both of them. Yeah, I do too. It just made the most sense to me. I, it, 
I don't think there was any other suitor. For I, him, I really. think you know the teams or people speculating about the Giants. They're just not going to do that. They're not going to cut Eli, take that cap hit, and then sign Foles. Like no, they're looking at they're look, yeah, they're looking at the future. And Foles, I don't know how he's going to be outside of Philly. I I don't. I I I was on record of saying he's going to rob a team blind. That team could be the Jaguars, but if you are the Jaguars, you can't. You can't worry about that. You've got to go get the best quarterback because you've got guys like Jalen Ramsey chirping. You can't trot Blake Bortles back out there, and you can't try to say that Tyrod Taylor is that much of an upgrade. So I think that that deal makes a lot of sense. We're going to see if, A, that comes to fruition and what the figures are going to be, but I think they're going to they're going to double down and pay a shit ton of money for him. A couple deals did happen today as far as the franchise tag is concerned. The Dallas Cowboys, Will's Dallas Cowboys, Franchise Demarcus Lawrence. I was a little surprised by this. I didn't know that they were going to, but I, they want that. They want those two edge rushers with Taco Charlton and, and Lawrence. And Lawrence had a fantastic year. It's hard to it's hard to give him a long term deal, um, but the franchise is there for a reason. I think this is a good move. Yeah, perfect situation for. They don't have anybody time. else that they have to pay. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna sign Dak to a long term deal so that he's not getting franchised because you can't pay that much money to a quarterback of his level. You'd want rather work out a long-term extension. And Lawrence is probably the best player on that team that is eligible for a really high annual salary. Absolutely. And then the Seahawks tagged uh, Frank Clark. Yep. And, and he's a top-tier defensive end for them and, and a linchpin in the Legion of Boom 2.0 now. <laughs> That's starting to build out there. Already? What? I'm tired of that already. Yeah. Well, I know. It's Pete Carroll, man. What can, what can you do? The Giants are not expected to tag Landon Collins. And I got to say this, I'm a huge Landon Collins fan. He's the only guy on this defense that I've really liked with the exception of Janoris Jenkins for the last couple of years. Because he plays hard all the time, never takes a playoff, and he's a dog. But you know what? You can't pay a safety that much money. And on a team that has so many holes and deficiencies, you can find another player who became, who could become a Landon Collins in the second or third round of the draft. So you're saying they're going to let him go? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think they're signing him to a long-term deal. I think they're. I think he's played his last game as a New York Giant. Wow, you must be upset. I am, but I'm not. I mean, like again, like this. How I don't put that much value on the safety position. He's great player, but that team's defense has been bad. And if you're gonna put that much money into the cap after you already signed Odell to his extension, you have a lot of holes to fill. I don't think you can afford to pay, you know, eleven million dollars a year going forward to Landon Collins. I think they'll work out a deal with him. Do you? Because it seems all indications is that he's played his last game there. I don't know. I I just think he's too good of a player to let go. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not that he's not a great player. It's you know me with football player positions. I devalue positions. I don't devalue players. Yeah. I continue. Saquon Barkley was the wrong pick. He's fantastic. Running backs don't matter that much. Safeties. He's a great player. He's a fan. He's one of the top three safeties in the league. But again, all this team has done is lose. And there's a lot of holes on this team. Now, if they were, if they were in the Cowboys situation, I would franchise them or I would work out a long-term deal with them. They're not in the Cowboys situation. They're, they're running uphill trying to catch them. You need to fill a lot of holes on this team. Putting that much money into a safety is not the way to do it. All good points. All good points. So let's move on to some draft and uh, some combine talk. Let's do it. Uh, did you watch any of the combine? A little bit. Bits and pieces. Okay. So there was a huge story that was circulating Saturday around noontime when the quarterbacks and receivers were working out that the 
Bleacher Report dropped this one that the buzz amongst GMs is that the Cardinals are going to be taking Kyler Murray at number one. I love this. I love the drama because usually the drafts just go the way they go and there's no drama, but this would be interesting. This is going to be really interesting if it happens because Josh Rosen is a really nice young quarterback prospect. He had some flashes. It's hard to judge him off last year. That team is atrocious, but they need to make a splash. And we all know it's been well-documented what Cliff Kingsbury said last year about Kyler Murray when he beat Kingsbury's Texas uh, A&M or Texas Tech team. It was like, if I had the chance to draft him number one, I would. Well, not coincidentally. You do. You do. Uh, So this always kind of made sense to me. Murray now, you know, the big story about now he's 5'10 and he's 205. Which, 5'10 and a quarter, by the way, yeah. I believe. Okay. 5'10 and 3'8. Yeah. So that matters, though, to, to Hand size. NFL guys. That, Hand that size matters a lot. Average. He didn't do any drills. He didn't do anything at the combine, but there was no reason for him to. His value's going crazy high. Yeah, why not? I wouldn't be surprised worse. if the Cardinals did this. And then if you're going to trade Josh Rosen, there's teams that make a lot of sense. Washington being probably the most obvious. Miami is a chance, although I think that they're going to be fine with sucking so they can enter the Tua from and Herbert sweepstakes next year at this time. And then you're looking at a team like, I'm just going to throw this out there because it makes sense, the New England Patriots. They have to have Brady's heir apparent again soon. Josh Rosen didn't do enough in one year to justify where you have to put, he has to start. Put him behind Brady for a year or two or five at this rate. (laughs) <laughs> and he could be their next really good player. So I think that that's going to open Pandora's box. We'll see what happens. John Gruden also rumored to be in love with Kyler Murray. I really wish I would get a chance to see him in Gruden's QB camp with Kyler. Oh, stop <laughs> um, <laughs> What do you think about about the Cardinals and, and then maybe if they don't do it? Uh, I think the Raiders will take him 100%. With Gruden in the with Gruden running that front office, if the if the Cardinals let him slip past one, he is going to be an Oakland Raider. But I really think the Cardinals are going to take him. I I'm think convinced. so. I think I think so. Because you know nobody has a bad pro day. No. So how could his the last go person down? that had a bad pro day was Peyton Manning, which I have always laughed at. And that Ryan Leaf okay. had the Mel Kiper Jr. said the greatest pro day of all time. Still stands by that which I think is just goes to show how little pro days matter. But yeah, I, I he's going to light it up and he's going to continue to climb the charts and he's a lightning rod. What he can do as an athlete, if you can tap into his potential, the sky's the limit for this kid. I, I felt the same. I feel the same way about him as I did Baker. He could be transcendently great and a top quarterback in this league for years, or he could fall right on his face. And I, I that's just how I see him. Yeah, absolutely. More so than anybody. Another guy who looked great was Dwayne Haskins. And all I see is how bad he wants to be a Giant and what the Giants have been saying about the Kansas City model. Keep your pants on, Sean. No, because I didn't have a pair of Machado pants. So now I'm reserving them. They're the Dwayne Haskins pants. Okay. Even if they have to move up in the draft, this guy has every bit of the intangibles that you look for. He's got all the skills I would love to see him backing up Eli Manning and then being the next quarterback in the New York Giants. There's, wow. he, he he does everything great. He really does. There's not really many flaws in his game other than the fact that he's a one-year starter, which I've never understood why that's a knock against him and a pro for Kyler. Like, they've started the same amount of games. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. 
That one doesn't make sense, but let's talk about a few other guys. Uh, Drew Locke is moving up on the boards as Jones falls. So That makes sense to me. Drew Locke was always my second guy before Kyler did, made, the, made the decision to come out of the league. Now he's my third. But listen, he's a four-year starter at an SEC school. You know, like Missouri's not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but you play it in the SEC East. Like, that's... That's a really good league. You've got Georgia every year. You've got Florida. You've got Vanderbilt who has a good defense. You got Kentucky, and you've seen the defense that they put out the last couple of years. You're playing against a lot of NFL talent. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. He's got the size, the build. The only question on him is his record. And to me, in that league, you I can't really I can't really shit on him for that. Yeah. I think he Daniel Jones, I question. Because Duke's not that good. Duke's never been that good. And, you know, the reason why people love him is because he's from that Manning kind of tree, which is, you know, David Cutcliffe quarterback. You know, David Cutcliffe had both Peyton and Eli at Tennessee and Ole Miss, respectively. He runs part of the Manning QB camp. Jones has been a part of that forever. He's cerebral. He's brilliant. I think if any quarterback's winning an interview, it's Daniel Jones. And that's not a knock on the other guys. I think that's just how good he is. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how physically good he is. And apparently there's becoming more and more red flags with him. So I think you're looking at maybe an opportunity for the New England Patriots to draft him down, you know, either in the end of the first round or early in the second. He has has Patriots written all over me. Like he's going to fall... And the Patriots are going to scoop him up and he's going to sit behind Brady and just absorb McDaniel's offense. And in a couple of years, it's like Daniel Jones is throwing for 350 yards with <laughs> four yeah. touchdowns and a pick. Well, we said the same thing about Jimmy G and we weren't, nobody was wrong there. He's a great quarterback as well. So yeah, I mean, Brady just wants to play till he's 90. So that, that's why it didn't work out there. Anyway, 12, man. But uh, let's talk about the last guy, and this guy I'm pretty hyped about. I watch a lot of his combine, and that's DJ Metcalf out of Old Miss, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's – I need him This in is the Jets. best combine of anybody I've ever seen. I need him in a Jets uniform. He's a freak. I need him in a Jets he uniform. He is an athletic freak. Yeah, what did he run in the 40? Oh, it was the fa- it was the fastest of, a, of the receivers this year, and it was one of the fastest of all time. On top of that, too, dude, he's a – 1.9% body fat, which I actually don't love. That's I, unhealthy. That's way too low. And to me, that just showed what, you know, that all he did was try to get that in so he could he could measure that at the combine. That's not sustainable. And that dude, dude needs to go eat some fast food or something. Yeah. Because that's... 3, 4, 3, 3, 40, Jesus Christ. 11-2 broad jump. Jesus. And a 40-inch vertical. Unbelievable. Put him next to Julio Jones, and he kind of blows his numbers out. So you're water. saying that you want Darnold throwing him passes? Um, yeah, honestly, I kind of— taking a wide receiver at three? Yeah, I'm kind of over— Or four, rather? It's—I'm uh, kind of—well, hopefully they trade that no, pick. No, you're three. You're three. I'm They're three, but hopefully they trade that pick back, and they can pick yeah, him you up don't, late. Yeah, you don't have to later, worry about but, him being a, a top-five pick, but— uh, Honestly, I hope that the—I'm— I'm, for this guy's talent, just for his position, just because the, the teams are going to have to go with defensive line. For this guy's talent, line. I'm willing to wait on the defensive line and the offensive line. Believe well, listen, it or not, my you, friend. No, I, I listen. Your your defense doesn't suck, and 
and the Jets need to get weapons for Darnold, whether it's free agency or in the draft. If this I, guy is, if would this, you rather this guy on the cheap or pay a bunch of money and give up a bunch of picks for Antonio Brown? That's how I feel about it. That's tough. I mean, Antonio Brown's a proven commodity. How about both? Don't don't do that to me, Sean. <laughs> I mean, if I if I'm I don't, Adam Gaze, I am preaching. Today. I don't have any other pairs of pants. But if I'm I mean, Adam Gaze, I'm preaching. Like this offseason, yes, we need work on defense. Yes, we need offensive line help bad. But we need weapons. I need to walk away with a couple of guys that I feel really good about playing. Well, I want Sam this Darn. guy because he'll be with you, with us for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, this is a deep defensive and offensive line draft. You can still get a good player in the second round. Oh, un- undoubtedly. Yeah. You know, so go after the most talent. This guy's clearly got the most physical talent. Uh, he was a studded old Miss as well. I, I really want to go after this guy. All right. You heard it from the Jet fan here. He wants the receiver at three. Let's see if it happens. Or, three or, or six back, if they trade wherever. down. Whatever. As long as he's there, as long as he's him. As long as he's holding a Jets uniform, I will be happy. The day after the draft. Absolutely. All right. So that about wraps it up for this episode. We kept it under an hour this week. We didn't have as much to talk about, so that's good. But... um. We will be back either later in this week or next week. We will see how that one goes. We will definitely be back next Monday. We got a few big pods coming up with an MLB preview. Obviously, we're going to do the same thing we did last year and break that up between the two leagues. And then we have the NCAA tournament coming up as well. We'll probably do a little something special for that. Oh, big time. Hopefully, St. John's gets in there. But... Again, check out the website. UConn will not be going. No, that's that's definitely not. But check out the website. We will uh, SorrySports.com. We will be putting up some updates and whatnot, try to make it a little bit cooler. Sean's got a couple articles that have just been sitting in the can waiting to go up. Yeah, we're uh, either going to publish those or we're going to work on uh, updating them. Yeah, absolutely. A little, and, little uh, old. Last thing, why don't you uh, send us an email if you're interested in writing for the website, sorrysportsyahoo.com. Again, it's all about the quality of content. I don't care if you want to write about how you know global warming has contributed to you know, football's going further. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't care. I honestly don't care. Or I would you, like to read that article. Maybe, I hope somebody maybe does. I'll write How about maybe, you? Maybe I'll dust my fingers off. I want to see. Typing. I want to see some stats. But seriously, I don't care about if you write about your favorite band. I don't give a shit. Just write about something that you know and make it good. That's yeah, all be, that matters. Yeah, be passionate about it. We don't it. do politics. We don't do religion. But aside from that, we'll write about anything. Yeah, and, and if you're passionate about it and you you know you're looking for an outlet to kind of sorry to, sports to post things, at Yahoo. Don't do it on your Instagram. Don't go on Facebook and write a story. Send it to sorrysports.com. Yeah, you can put, post it on there and then have actu- an actual website to put it on. So That's right. Again, sorrysports at yahoo.com. That's our email. Anytime. Enjoy the night, guys. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Take care.